germs can harm people and be transmissible. But we have to remember that this is just a theory still. And really, when you start to dig into it, there's not a whole lot of evidence that actually supports it. Welcome to Harmonized Health. Escape the medical matrix. Here, you'll gain a new perspective on medicine by showcasing alternative health in all its forms while digging into some medical science and philosophy. You'll gain knowledge about how to care for yourself and your family by building a solid foundation of health that includes movement, sunlight, breathing, diet, sleep, joy, connection, and purpose. All right, welcome back, everyone. We have an incredible episode today. It's going to be uh, pretty intense, but I think we're going to really hit hit it hard, and I uh, hope everybody learns a little something today, and at least just get you thinking, really. That's that's the main thing I, yeah. that I kind of perceive from this one is just... Uh, you know, have a little think outside the box kind of yeah. episode. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm yeah. excited for it. If uh, if you don't know, I, I take a look at Damon's notes every once in a while, and his first point is drunken squirrels. <laughs> and uh, didn't bother to ask him what that meant, and so I'm really excited to hear what drunken squirrels it kind of has. It kind of has to do with this, but not... <laughs> Not directly, I guess, but I mean, I guess fermentation does play a role yeah. with, with germs, microbes in this one. But so this was something that happened to me the other day. So I figured I'd bring it up oh, and start it off right. So, you know, I was sitting out outside with Scooby in the backyard, right? And, you know, I had the mango tree because, you know, you're an animal and eating the mango and the skin together. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> but anyway, that's a side story. And so I'm sitting out there and, you know, just reading and just, you know, enjoying my time. And it's not unusual to hear like this loud thumping right now with all the mangoes dropping, you know, yeah. a little breeze comes and like, so, you know, I didn't really think much of it. Like I just heard this like loud, like bang behind me <laughs> like something hit the ground i was like oh it's a mango but scooby got real excited and like ran after it and i was just like so i turn around and it's a squirrel and he's like <laughs> like but can't move really like he's like trying to like do his little hops and uh he's like just moving in like super slow-mo and he finally makes it over to the tree you know, Scooby only cares about the chase, so when he sees, like, this thing's not really running away, he's like, what is going he's on? He's not interested in <laughs> Yeah, he's like, all right, whatever. And, like, so it makes it over to the tree, and, like, it's trying to get up the tree, but it keeps, like, falling back. And and finally it gets up on to, to the first little branch there, and it's kind of splayed, like, just like sprawled out on the branch. Like, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, like, ready to, like, catch this thing if it falls. And, and uh, but, like, then it's, like, looking at me, and it's like bobbing its head, like to the side. You know, you remember that it's Saturday Night Live, twitching, like back tweaking. in the day, where they're like at the urinals and they're like bobbing their heads back and forth, all like in a line with each yeah, other. Yeah, it was like Dana Carvey. Or I think somebody. so. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and and that's what it looked like. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm thinking like this thing's poisoned or something. You yeah. Know? And uh, well, come to find out, I guess they get drunk 
or something similar, you know, inebriate it <laughs> when they fermenting, <laughs> fermenting mangoes. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it, but then my friend showed me the other day, he showed me a video, and I was like, that's what the squirrel was doing. Oh my goodness. So dude. they're out there getting drunk. Florida over. squirrels are crazy, man. Right? They're crazy. Good for them. Yeah. They used to throw avocados at us when we would come outside. Our neighbor had an avocado tree, yeah. and we would walk outside, and from like from the trees, the canopy of the trees, they would just be chucking avocados at us. <laughs> like I don't I don't understand why, but they would they would aim for us. Yeah. It, was, it was almost like open season with the little like Scottish squirrels. They're like, oi, and they start like attacking. <laughs> like it's like they're all lined up in the trees trying to throw stuff at us. But those are big avocados too. Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah. I mean, the they would do some damage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I anyway. can see like a hoss, you know. Okay. Yeah, no. I mean, they would throw like acorns, which whatever. But <laughs> they would get avocados, and it was like this is too much. You guys are <laughs> yeah. an acorn. I can get behind. Sure, you're a squirrel, but an avocado, you're out of pocket. Yeah, you're right? acting crazy. Yeah, that's like concussion. Anyways, welcome back. I'm Dr. Daniel Nikens here. We're here with Dr. Damon Mikesell. And today, <laughs> since you probably haven't figured it out, today we're here to talk about terrain theory versus germ theory. So go ahead, Dr. Damon, yeah, tell take, us what's going I'll on. I'll take it from there. So I think it's obviously, you know, with what kind of transpired you know the past few years obviously our idea uh is that germs can harm people and be transmissible but we have to remember that this is just a theory still and really when you start to dig into it there's not a whole lot of evidence that actually supports it and there are other theories that have been presented and have been out there and one of the big ones is the terrain model. And so essentially with germ theory, like I kind of mentioned, is there's this single living organism that invades and then causes disease or some kind of symptom picture. And But with the terrain model, now we're looking at this disturbance of the internal ecosystem. And that sets the stage for you know, what we notice with symptoms. And now could those symptoms be actually the healing process or like a detoxification process that needs to happen in order for the, the body to rewrite itself and come back to homeostasis. And that's kind of how I visualize it, you know, especially coming from more of a natural, you know, medicine kind of purview. And so... But like I said, everybody has to kind of take the information that they're given and then come up with their own ideas. And yeah. so that's kind of what we're, we're going to present here today. Um, obviously, yes, I do believe more, more along the side of the terrain theory. And there could be a little bit of both, a little combination. You know, um, what is it? There's three sides to the story. You know, so maybe uh, yeah, there's that something, that, like that, something right? yeah, like three the sides of the story, and somewhere in between is I don't know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They all have a little bit of truth <laughs> to them, and yeah. So essentially, you know, there's some kind of distortion, some kind of poison that comes in and and just you know starts to change that environment, that ecosystem, and now there is a susceptibility to, or maybe there is. The body's actually recruiting these bacteria, these microbes, you know, things like that. Um, and so, you know, something that kind of comes to mind for me is like when you when you see like maggots 
or you see, you know, something out in nature and it has died. It's a living thing that has died, you know, whether it's plant or fungi or whatever, you know, animal, then that's when the maggots come in. That's when these certain microbes come in to, you know, break everything down and bring new life. And so for me, that makes sense that that's kind of what would be happening in our environment at, at the same time, you know? So we have something that has some kind of tissue in our body that has died, whether it's in the intestinal tract. And now that microbiome shifts to start the repair process. And that's kind of, you know, or that could, that could happen anywhere, really, in the kidneys, you know, even the mm -hmm. brain, you know, there's no really sterile and portion of our body at all. And so, yeah, so the body could be even dictating this through signaling, too. Um, you know, it, it, it notices that something has died and it calls in these things that come in along with other things like white blood cells or whatever. And so it's, it's a, it's a complete paradigm shift on, you know, the ideas that we've all been taught. So it is hard. I think when you first hear it to be like, well, that, I don't know, like, why do all these <laughs> other people believe this, this germ theory and go off of this? you know, where all these medications and vaccines are, are built off of, you know, um, I think that does bring us to something we do have to talk about, but I, I see like you have a, a thought there. So. <laughs> no, I'm just, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, um, I, I'd never heard of terrain theory, obviously, like before just researching this past, you know, couple weeks, really, it, it was never a thing uh, for me. So obviously, yes, I grew up just germ theory, your classic like with Louis Pasteur, or mm -hmm. yeah, like and uh, and uh, uh, cholera at the hand pump and everything, or yep. at the water pump. Yep. So um, yeah, I mean that's that's what we grew up with, and and sure it makes sense. You have germs, they invade, they're you know whatever a virus or bacteria they need to li they need to live. Um, so yeah, like a virus isn't trying to kill you because it needs to replicate um, stuff like that. Uh, <clears throat> but there is this kind of somewhere in between that it's like, okay, yeah, sure, there's viruses and there's bacteria, but obviously everybody responds to it differently. Obviously, some people can handle it and it doesn't really bother them. Some people it does. Um, there are instances like Lyme disease where like you're going to get something, mm -hmm. <laughs> tetanus. You're not going to get away with tetanus or rabies. So, like, there's some things out there, obviously, like, as I'm researching, I'm like, okay, well, well what about that, right? Because everybody's going to respond to, everybody's going to get tetanus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, like, you know, what do we do about that? But we did very much see, like you were hinting at with COVID, how there are people that they get COVID and there's no symptoms. They're just, they just have to stay home from work for a couple of weeks. And then there's people who get COVID and it's absolutely debilitating with or without comorbidities. Um, so on both sides of the coin, I mean, even I personally have family members that have some comorbidities and they did absolutely fine with COVID. With COVID. I had some that had some comorbidities and did horrible. Um, and then I had, we had some people that uh, just are perfectly healthy and fine and got nothing. I mean, pretty much everybody got COVID down here in Florida <laughs> at some point and, and everybody was fine with it. I didn't personally know anybody 
um, that was perfectly healthy and got COVID and, and really beat up from it. But um, I'm not saying that that's the case. I mean, that's anecdotal, but I'm definitely interested. So like I said, you know, there there is, to me, there's that fine line somewhere in there where, yes, obviously we set the stage for how our body responds, responds, responds <laughs> to these viruses and bacterias. And that's important to take note of to mm-hmm. me, right? So it's important that we recognize that we have some control. We have some, uh, you know, I guess, yeah, we have some control on how our body is going to respond uh, in these situations. Uh, but I'm also just, you know, I'm curious. I want to I pick your brain, see yeah. what you got, you know, see what you got for me today. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that we'll go into. I'll touch on Pasteur here shortly. And so that's uh, that's big Kind of understanding the history, I think, does help to yeah. elucidate, you know, a little bit more of this complex topic, you know, and then kind of what you were talking about. Um, some people can handle it. Some people don't. I think I think that portion of it, I think, is something that we've been just indoctrinated on, mm-hmm. you know, like from day one, you come out of the womb, you know, and every everything is just put into your brain that there are these microbes that cause disease or illness and then but for me it's you know now there's like a lot of talk about like asymptomatic transmission and things like that Mm -hmm. and for me that's it just never made sense you know um or even the the concept like like we learned with viruses how they're just different they're they're kind of alive, but they're not, Yeah, you know, and, yeah, but they do have robots. an agenda, <laughs> uh, you know, they're trying to take over your cell and, and replicate and do all these things. And I'm like, none of this really ever clicked for me. I was yeah. like viruses specifically. Um, but even just, yeah, just some people seem to eat something and they get food poisoning and then other people eat the same thing and they don't get food poisoning. And for me, it's like, well, if it's really a germ, like, that germ should make everybody sick. Yeah. You know? So then it's, you know, then you could get into the nuances of, well, this person only had a little, little bite and this person, you right. know, eat like a monster, eat like a portion of it. And <laughs> yeah. And this, this portion didn't have as much of it. So they were able to fight it off. You know, there's a lot of that, that could be, you know, put into it, but yeah, there's just a lot. I, I think I have a lot of questions when it comes to those things, and, hmm. and they're just never answered well for, for uh, my liking. Yeah, that's um, that's pretty much the case when you dive into anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, really not a good Especially with science, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when yeah. it comes to health, yeah, science, health specifically yeah. too. Like just you don't get a good answer because you don't know. Everybody's so different. Yeah, and then so that's where I do like to look back, whether it's ancestrally, you know, where where did we come from? But in this particular, you know, kind of topic, I think yeah, going back to at least Pasteur, you could go obviously before that, and um, you know the Renaissance times and those kind of things, they started to build these concepts of of germs. But you know, Pasteur obviously. He is kind of the father of the germ theory. Mm-hmm. At least that's how we, we see it. And um, But there was a lot of people that went against him, you know, especially Antoine Bachamp um, and uh, Bernard and uh, Verkow, I think. Um, all, these, all these other scientists, they didn't, they thought what he was proposing at the time was absurd. And so just even understanding that, that, you know, now we we think the opposite, 
But, you know, a lot of people that were, you know, very intelligent at the time thought, you know, about more of a terrain model. And, and you start to go in and you start to learn a little bit about how they, how they did their science and how Pasteur couldn't, couldn't get people sick by transferring things. You know, he could never isolate anything, whether it was a virus, whether it was bacteria. Obviously, they didn't know about viruses back then. Um, they didn't have the electron, tra- uh, electron microscope at the time, mm-hmm. which is a big moment because they were, they were suspecting or they were um, hypothesizing that there was something smaller than bacteria that was being transmitted. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't know what it was. But um, then the electron microscope comes along. They can see a lot more intensification. And, and lo and behold, they find these particles and they're called viruses. And in Latin, virus actually just means poison. Hmm. So that's kind of a little interesting tidbit, yeah. but, you know, <laughs> poison or venom or toxin. And so, yeah, now we, now we see these viruses coming and, and, you know, but you look into some of his notebooks supposedly, and, um, I guess there was a lot of fraud, hmm. you know, and a lot of, uh, a lot of bad science yeah. to, to say the least. And so, you know, um, obviously I haven't seen the notebooks and I haven't, you know, so I have to take some people's words on these things. And that's why I kind of keep, keep my mind open to, you know, cause I, I do think that there's possibility for either side. Um, I just lean a little bit more towards the terrain at this point, um, yeah. or even maybe an alternative, like I said, um, cause there are probably other theories out there. Um, but I think, yeah, that's kind of a, a big starting point is with pasture and, and how, you know, obviously we have pasteurization now, um, and I'm a big fan of, you know, not doing that <laughs> yeah, to right. the dairy. Um, and so that's, uh, you know, as that just destroys all kind of nutrition and the value of milk. But, um, yeah, that's a, I guess that's a little side topic. And that so. is a side. But it, it goes in very well to the overall concept in that we want to try and control everything as much as we can. And so we almost end up removing, we create like a, like a skeleton, like a scaffolding of our, of what we put in our body Mm -hmm. because we're, we become so scared of what might be bad that we put in our body, but we end up removing what can be good, putting ourselves in a situation to be more affected by the bad. Mm-hmm. So we take something as simple as milk and we pasteurize it because we're scared of what might be bad in it and we kill off what is good and we end up putting like white water into our <laughs> body that really doesn't have much nutritional value and then we think we're getting a nutritional value, we're not, our body's suffering and then when something bad comes along, it tears us apart. So it does go into this whole theory very yeah. well in that it almost is our fear of these microbes and bacteria and viruses sure which like you said i mean we're taught this from day one so it's fair that that's how we feel but then we put ourselves in a situation where we can't handle them when they do come around because we're so scared of them in the first place <laughs> we we use our hand sanitizer nonstop, and we don't build up any kind of immunity or something to these things and so then when they come around they you know it's a one punch ko because we have no defenses built up yeah so it is you know it is important when it comes up to this talk because that's kind of where i lay is is somewhere in the middle with this 
Um, I don't know if I can hop on board totally with terrain theory, <laughs> um, but I'm not okay with just germ theory. Just germ theory is, it, it doesn't answer questions. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. help. It doesn't give you anything. No. Um, it's just like, yeah, there, you know, there's all these germs out there and if you come across them, yeah, you'll probably get sick. Oh, well, you didn't? Well, hey, you know, yeah, you might've just been asymptomatic or something or, mm-hmm. or, you know, just there's, there's no answer because everything goes to, to like a defense mode and they have to defend germ theory or you're some kind of ignorant, illiterate caveman or something that, <laughs> and that's exactly where they'll go. If you search terrain theory, it's, it's categorized under germ theory denial and like (laughs) round earth denial (laughs) and like yeah like they it's all like these denials so they they try and categorize you into this like oh you're making up some conspiracy theory instead of like you know hey maybe there's more to this picture that we could figure out it's Mm -hmm. almost like defensive mode yeah and so it really is like it's yeah it's important to try and um, just bridge the gap almost into common sense Yeah, outside exactly. of a textbook into common sense yeah. um, and just life and I think that's how point. we work and interact and, and yeah, all that. So yeah. just, just to think like what, what makes sense, you know, like what do you see, you know, because now we're just living in a digital age. So it, yeah. we are, we don't realize how influenced we are, I think too. You know, when you spend more time outside and interacting with nature and these kind of things and understanding its power, yeah. you know, right now with the, we got a nice thunderstorm and lightning out there and you yeah. can kind of see that power. But yeah, I think, I think it also goes to, you know, you brought up a, a key word was fear. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we get out of all this is fear. Yeah. And then the elites get the finances. So <laughs> they get, they get a good F, we get a bad F. Yeah. And I think, so that's. That's kind of something, you know, and then when you're under fear, you are more influenced, you know, they can manipulate yeah, you more. Yeah. And, and obviously when you have an enemy to attack, like a germ, mm-hmm. you can create these substances and patent them and make money off of them. Whereas, yeah, if you're going off a of terrain theory, how do you really make money off of that? And so I think that's a key concept yeah. in this whole thing, which does, work. you know, I think that also pushes me toward more towards terrain theory too because then it's like like you said like if you google you know terrain theory right now yeah like you're getting a bunch of propaganda against it oh yeah absolutely. so that's like wait why would they do this you know <laughs> why not just keep that keep the discussion open you yeah, know which is yeah. what science really needs and because science is always changing so just because we believe something these days i mean that's why they're pretty much all called theories. Um, you know, what's the, you know, you got your, uh, Darwinian, you know, kind of concepts and theories there. And yeah. so, you know, it's like, there's a lot of evidence that for a lot of these things and, but you still can't confirm them. Well, yeah, you have the same thing in, in, or maybe it's not in, in your notes. Maybe I read, it. I think it's something about like Louis Pasteur, like denied his claimed or something like on his deathbed apparently same thing right like somebody has his diary that they're not sharing or something yeah but he like denied it and and they're similar with charles darwin he was like if you can't prove this then this whole theory goes in the garbage can and they can't prove it no he can't prove it and he admitted that it can't be proved so like he essentially even was like yeah this whole theory goes in the garbage can right yeah but there's you know still some of these like concepts and stuff that Science was performed, right, in mm-hmm. some means, whether it's, yeah, bad science, which is 
usually where science kind of, <laughs> I mean, science tapers into bad science <laughs> typically because there's so many constants that we just can't work with or we have to overlook or whatever. So sure. Um, but then, yeah, now, you know, we see like, okay, well, if there's this, this form of bad science and nothing can be proved a hundred percent, well then where does like our common sense come into? Where does our own like brain, our own, um, interactions and history and, and all of this start to bundle up to where we can start to take control of our health. And I used to always appreciate my mom when I was growing up, um, even in the moment when I didn't like it, I still appreciated it because I'd be like, mom, like, how do you spell this word? She'd be like, look it up in a dictionary. I'm like, mom, I don't know how to spell it. <laughs> It'd be different if I knew how to, I'm asking you how to spell a word and you're telling me to look it up in the dictionary. Like that doesn't help me. Right. But if I didn't understand a concept or whatever, she would always tell me to look it up, mm -hmm. which is great for a kid like me who probably said why a million times yeah. a day. Um, but it encouraged me if I didn't understand something to look into it, take this information and kind of apply it to my life as opposed to just like, you know, hey, ask a question, whatever answer they give you is what you get Fact. and that's what you move on to. So yeah. it's like, yeah, you know, figure it out. What makes sense to you? What aligns with what you know about the world right now? Mm -hmm. uh, instead of just, you know, what, what are, you know, you take what Accepting you're given and, and then fight for it and you don't even know anything mm -hmm. about it. But that is what we do. Yeah. Um, especially like you mentioned, you know, stuff is just kind of censored on the internet. Um, it, the, the information isn't open access to just read and converse about, but there's, there's so much nonsense out there too. Everything is just, everything's oh, just yeah. made up. <laughs> you go on the internet. I mean, I don't even use Google anymore. Um, I don't know what generation I'm in. Um, I'm not a millennial. Maybe I am. I don't know. But I'm, <laughs> I'm somewhere on the border, so I, I get put in both. Um, but uh, I don't even use Google anymore. I, I, if I have a question that I need to figure out, I ask ChatGPT. I don't even use Google because you Google something, you go through 10 pages of oh, nonsensical information that's just BS uh, – uh, articles and Huffington Post or whatever, Washington, <laughs> I don't know, whatever yep. post. And it's all just made up, you know, different nutritional journals or whatever. No, no work cited, no information, nothing. Just some guy typed up some newsletter and, and it gets to be front page at Google. And so I don't even ask Google any, like I, I'm not searching things on Google anymore because there's so much information out there that has no common sense behind it or has no science behind it or has no nothing behind it. It's just someone's opinion mm -hmm. that gets blasted on front page of Google as a fact. And that's, and that's what we get. So I started asking if, if you don't, you should check it out. <laughs> Ask ChatGPT. Honestly, I'm still scared of AI right now. Well, so. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's terrifying, but you could probably say, Hey, ChatGPT, give me a, a 30 minute podcast yeah. on terrain theory versus germ theory. And you'd probably get something better than what we're going <laughs> to talk about today. It's insane. It's really? crazy, but it gives you, you know, it gives you information you can read. And then you say like, okay, well, what about this? And then it'll dive into that. So like any question, like where Google, you, oh yeah, oh my goodness, don't get me started. I mean, you already like got me started. Six Google. Or something. Yeah, you're sitting there typing like knots and asterisks and all this stuff to try and like exclude information, and and you still can't find what you're looking for. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So I understand why they censor information. I understand <laughs> why they want to cut stuff out. Is it right? No. Yeah. But is it something that is blinding us i mean we're just blinded with misinformation or people just trying their best to where it's impossible to find what's right or it's impossible to even be able to apply this because there's so much nonsense so, oh yeah so i get it yeah i get it but i've always appreciated again my mom that would make me figure it out myself 
Yeah. And that's what we're lacking in this debate is figuring it out for yourself. Yeah. I had a professor in undergrad, which I really appreciate it. Um, I don't think I recognized it at, at the time, but he, I remember him specifically saying, I'm not here to teach you the facts. I'm here to teach you how to find out information mm. yeah. for yourselves. Yeah. And so just like to your point, like your mom, like, go, go research it. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's what we need to do. You know, like, okay, maybe sometimes you accept, what is it? Trust, but verify, yeah. you know, and that's, that's a good kind of way to, to go about it. It's like, okay, like this person gives me good information. Okay. I, I like that. I, but let me go and see, you know, if there is other, other, you know, ways to find out if this is actually, you know, along the lines of truth yeah. um, or fact. And so I think, yeah, that's, that's a big key concept. So there. then what is the information today that, because we can trust you, Dr. Dane. That's why we're all here, right? So what is the information that you can pass on to us yeah. that, that we trust and we can look into more. Yeah, something I mean, that we can start to. Yeah, and I'm out. going off of a lot of those people that I think, you know, put out good information. But once again, you know, like I have to accept that they are, you know, finding these things the yeah. right ways too. So right. it's, you know, we do have to kind of build off of what others are, are doing out there. And so, yeah, I think, um, you know, something, the virus is, is, is definitely the kind of big sticking point on the germ theory too, mm-hmm. is, is, you know, it, it, maybe if they didn't lump viruses in with the other microbes, maybe, you know, the germ yeah. kind of theory makes a little bit more sense. But with viruses, you know, what what seems to really stick out is that they have never isolated a virus, which mm. can probably be pretty shocking for people right now to hear that, is that they've never... So if you have a box, right, you know, you're moving, you have a box of kitchen stuff. So mm-hmm. you got your plates, your utensils, your mugs, your glasses. If you want to isolate just the glasses, right, you're going to remove the plates. You're going to remove the utensils out of that box mm-hmm. and then, you know, get rid of the box too. So now you've isolated just the glasses. Okay. And so that's what you need to do to figure out if this is the agent that's causing the disease, right? Mm-hmm. And so they've never actually done that with viruses. Like never been able to like remove one virus from a, like a, a nope. an organism and like put it in a Petri dish kind yeah. of thing? So, and they, they admit this uh, too. Okay. They so, admit this because yeah. they say that, well, viruses cannot survive without the host cell. So when they go to use something like a an injection, we'll mm-hmm. say, um, they have to actually use something like a monkey kidney cell or, you know, bovine cell or mm-hmm. something. So there's never any way, according to them, to actually isolate it. So they have to come up with these other ways of what they call isolation. Yeah. But then you have to figure out, well, if you have all these other, this all this other stuff, is all the other stuff causing the issue and not just this particle mm. that you've that they've come up with and said is a virus you know and now now we start to get into like the whole exosome issue too whereas you know there's these these cell fragments and and things called exosomes and they look exactly like viruses mm. but they are viewed differently so a plant may send out an exosome to warn others, other plants, that maybe yeah. a beetle is getting ready to 
like eat it or attack it, right? Hmm. And so that the other plants can put their defenses up. Yeah. So then it's like, well, wait, is that happening with viruses also? You know, are we actually sending that out into the environment and spreading this signal, this this message hmm. to other humans, to other beings? Like, hey, like there's this poison in our environment. Like, get your get your systems up. You know, and so yeah. then you're like, well, wait, like that kind of makes sense, you know, especially if you're going to call one thing that looks exactly like another thing. Right. You're just going to call them two different things. Yeah. You know, which we do a lot, which we do a lot. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like and it gets really confusing. And then and then the other side of the, the coin, I think it, to bring up is, you know, a lot of people use the firefighter analogy for this and cholesterol. I think it does kind of make sense is where you if you just showed up to a fire a house on fire and every time there was firefighters you would reasonably kind of conclude that maybe these guys are causing the fire <laughs> they're, they're starting, you know they're starting to fire <laughs> right there. like reasonably you know if you had no idea other than what you know what what you saw like and so but obviously that's not the case that's not what's happening right you know, so that's kind of what they're they're going with these these viruses and even microbes in general is like when you look at this tissue under a microscope, you know, you do have to start assuming some things yeah. because you're not seeing one. You're not seeing the live tissue, hmm. you know, you've removed it. It's right. now dead tissue. And so, you know, now you have to kind of fill in the blanks and kind of come up with these conclusions and so I think a lot of them are actually incorrect and or they just have like half truths. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's kind of, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of a lot more questions, I think, arise when we yeah. talk about these things. And, and I think that's where it's just, yeah, you start to use a little bit more of that common sense. And 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 when you understand that, hey, we're not maybe under attack by these things, maybe it's just maybe we have to figure out how to live again like human beings were designed, yeah. you know, that's probably the big concept that we need to get out of this is, yeah, yeah. is how do we go back? How do we modify our lifestyles to fit this modern society? You know, cause we're not going back to, you know, hunter, hunter gatherers, <laughs> right, right. but how do we still live in unison with the sun? How do we, you know, modify our electrical kind of, atmospheres and things like that and obviously there's only so much we can do you know there's people spraying the skies and doing all these crazy things that we have no control over but you know we can still modify our own lifestyles right and and you know kind of build go back to the building those foundations that we talked about a few episodes ago right and uh you know get that better sleep hmm. breathe better you know move our bodies you know all those kind of things to to make sure that we have that quality terrain. And yeah, so that if there is something that right. is, you know, <laughs> being spread in the environment that could cause harm, at least, yes, now we have those defenses, yeah. like That's you said. Fair. Yeah, it gives you, gives you something because otherwise it is just like you said, just fear. I mean, yeah. all you can do is just, oh man, I sure hope I don't get it. Think or, about you know, it. Like, I sure you, hope I do well with it. Yeah. <laughs> like you want, like, oh, everybody's sick, right? What's the, even, even myself, like, what's your first thought? Like, oh, I'm going to get sick. I'm yeah. around all these sick people. And it's like, is that really what's happening? Or maybe you are just getting that signal and the people that don't get sick 
they receive that signal and their body's like, yeah, I, I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to detox right now. Yeah. You know, maybe that's more the, the you know, thinking about like chicken pox where, you know, people would have those chicken pox parties, right? And like send their kids off and go get it now, you know? Whereas now a lot of people see these childhood illnesses as actually maturation processes mm. that's, that kids have to go through. Yeah. You know, and if you look at like, yeah, it's right around the certain certain ages that they get, you know, whooping cough and then chicken pox and then, you know, measles. And, and there was like a pattern of like maturation. And then it also gives them time to learn who's going to take care of them, who's, who's the people that they can, you know, look to for support and things like that. And, and yeah, so it's like, is the body just going through something it has to do, you know, periodically? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's fair for like an evolution standpoint <laughs> or something. But, you know, in today's day and age, it's like, well, I mean, you can't just be like, oh, well, all the babies are going to get whooping golf. Oh, well. Yeah. And so that's where it goes into, you know, that's a, a justified fear, right? I mean, that's that's a justified fear, obviously. It's scary. Yeah. Right. So it's, you know, what what can we do to create the safest environment possible, but... In doing so, with anything in life, creating the safest environment possible, you miss out on things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the pendulum swings too far. Yeah, you know, and that's yeah. where it goes back to the balance. It's like, okay, just understand. Yeah, like, you know, if your if your child, two years old, is having this aggressive cough, <laughs> you know, that's a scary moment for you know a mom or any parent. And and but if you understand, you know. Like, oh, okay, like, this is how I take care of them. You know, I give them support. I give them, you know, their nutrients and all these kind of things, whether they're still breastfeeding or what. But, um, you know, just making sure that the child has what it needs to get through that yeah. that difficult time. Because what we see is when they don't go through the whoop, whooping cough, a lot of times that's where they'll develop asthma. They'll develop these more chronic issues with the lungs. Yeah. Whereas the body went through that maturation – now it's like, oh, the lung tissue is where it needs to be later on in life. So it just really makes you think like, mm, oh. That's interesting. That would be that would be some like interesting studies to read, um, kind of look into that. Because I, I do, the one thing that gets me about viruses most is the information that we lack. Like you said, like if you were to exclude viruses from germ theory, it might make a little more sense. But we really don't know much about viruses. And it gets to the point, even in your general population, where you get, you contract some form of virus, you go to your primary, really don't have much to do for you. Sure, fine, you kind of, your body has to work it out. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, there's some things we even saw with COVID, they were putting people on these ventilators and then they were like, actually scratch the ventilators. Like it is killing people Mm -hmm. quick, right? And so like, there's these things that we can try, whether they work or not, We're, we're trying, we're trying to figure it out. But then what happens is now, okay, well, maybe we overcome this virus, sure, but what the heck happened to our bodies now? Now we end up with things like Guillain-Barre syndrome, or we end up with, um, you know, yeah, you still can't smell, or, you know, just all these weird different after effects where even us as primary care providers, when someone comes into us and we say, well, have you had any major illnesses recently? And if they say yes, well, you can be like, well, son of a gun. <laughs> like, well, that could be it. Because, you know, if you contracted some virus, you could have any symptom in the world after that virus is gone. We really don't know why. We don't know why that, you know, some some 
flu or something maybe that that might have put you might might have put you bedridden might mm-hmm. have been on the the, the tipping <laughs> scales there might not have been good but now you've overcome it and and you can have literally like any symptom in the book after a crazy virus which is weird yes is really weird yeah um and we just don't know why we don't understand that we don't know where it comes from we don't know why it happens so it goes right back to this fear side. Okay, well, you can be fearful of any virus in the world because, yeah, you could get a mild case of COVID and then have splitting migraines for the rest mm-hmm. of your life or something. We don't know, right? Yeah. There's there's no say. So what do we do about it? Do we live in fear? Do we live in just, oh, I'm terrified that I'm going to get sick. I'm not going to leave my house. I'm always going to have my little tiny thing of hand sanitizer on my backpack. Like I'm always going to have all this stuff around me to try and make sure that I keep the healthiest environment possible. But then when it hits you, it hits you hard. Mm-hmm. Or can you try and take these things into your own hands? What can I do to best prepare my body so that when these things come around, my body can handle it? My body can send out the signals it needs or it can put up the defenses or, you know, it, it's it's ready for it. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I say, you know, like I'm I'm in the middle because sure, I'm I'm okay. I can accept whatever, you know, these microbes and sure you you're gonna get sick from I can accept that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really bother me either way because honestly I don't care. <laughs> I honestly don't care because yeah. that common sense tells me, well what can I do for myself to put myself in a good position to where now um, you know, if I do get sick, I know I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I couldn't care less if I get sick right now. You know, God willing, I remain healthy for the rest of my days on this earth. But if something horrible happens and I contract some horrible illness, which is why I kept my mouth shut with COVID, because I was like, I don't want to be the ones to be like, oh, it's just a virus. You know, I'm going to be okay, mm-hmm. whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, like, because there were people, you know, big people on the news and stuff and and they're you know ragging on covid nonstop, and then they're like on their deathbed in the hospital and everyone's like ha ha i told you oh, so man that's so up. like oh, oh it's horrible right like, we're so rude as a society <laughs> but like i don't want to be that person right yeah. but what i am going to do is i'm going to be like okay well look is there any is there any real benefit that like terrifying yourself does no no so why don't we just try and put ourselves in the best situation to overcome this that we can. And mm-hmm. that comes down to everything that we've talked about and foundations. Yeah. Um, everything that you even mentioned today, you know, getting your sunlight, exercise, your diet, the foods that you eat. Yeah. Are you eating a skeleton of a food or are you eating a food that's rich in vitamins, minerals, nutrients, you know, things like that? Like, what are you putting in to aid yourself? And that's where this terrain theory comes into play. Like, I didn't even know. So it is cool to read into this. Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah, germ theory is cool, but, like, what do you do about it? Yeah. And then this is like, well, this is what you do about it. So, like I said, or like you said, there is some kind of, you know, third story. Yeah. I think that that will play a role. You definitely fall more on the terrain side as I was gleaning. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, I do. Which is what we need to do to to take hold, like you said. Mm -hmm. Because when you do have that idea, so, for example, you know, once, once I made that shift in my mind, you know, earlier this year, I started coming down with a little, you know, cough and things, but I didn't have a fever. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I know the fever would, would definitely help to get things moving along and mm-hmm. get this whole detoxification process going. So I actually induced a fever, you know, using some of the, uh, the old school um, hydrotherapy techniques. Hmm. And so I was able to induce a fever that night and, and I felt 
way better in two days, <laughs> you know? And so it was like, but with the concept, it wasn't like, oh, I've been attacked. There's nothing I can really do. Yeah, I can maybe take some vitamin C or, you know, some some kind of medication to make me say, feel yeah, better. Vitamin C is a, is a good approach. At least yeah. people are like, oh, I don't feel good. I'm going to just start downing yeah, like yeah. Tylenol, yeah. aspirin, and ibuprofen yeah. and anything they can find. Yeah, give me a steroid. Antibiotic, antibiotic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so obviously that's going to halt, you know, the what the body's trying to do. And for me, you know, more on the natural side of things is we're trying to work with the body. What's the body trying to do? You know, if, it, if, if you're coughing, then your body's trying to get rid of something that's in the lungs. Right. So you just taking something that's going An to... Anti-tussive. Yeah, yeah you if you take that, that, yeah, then you've just told the body, yeah, I get what you're trying to do, but like, I'm going to stop it. So find another way to get rid of this thing. Yeah, hang upside then, down or something. Yeah. <laughs> and so if your body can't, now, what does it try to do? Well, it's it doesn't want things floating around in the bloodstream, you know, changing the pH and doing all that kind of stuff. So it's going to start to store them. If it can't get find a way to, to mm. release it through one of the emunctories, it's going to store it. Yeah. And what does that look like? Well, it could be anything. It could be stored in adipose tissue in the cells, or it could have to make something like a cyst or a tumor or something, yeah, you know. Yeah, and yeah. so now it's like, oh, wait, like... Could something like cancer be because all the things we're doing with medicine that over time it, the body gets to the point where it's like, all right, well, I don't know what else to do. I'm going to yeah. start putting this somewhere. And Man, you know. that is fascinating because I remember, I remember whatever months ago when you said that you induced a fever. And I was like, oh, classic doctor. Like, this guy is crazy, man. He went, and you know what? Kudos to him. He went and induced a fever and felt great. And it's like... Man, I, I don't even know this stuff exists. I mean, this guy's this guy's crazy. He's out here just just living his best life. Like he's a maniac, right? But then, as you explain that, my mind immediately goes. Every time I start to feel down, I sit on the couch or whatever and rest, and that's good. Boom. But I also notice it like when it doesn't get better. Like you know, I rest a day or two and it doesn't get better. I'm like, all right, you know what? This is enough. Mm. Enough is enough. And I go for a run. Or like I do something, I, I get my, my mm, body temperature up, yeah. I get my blood flow elevated, like move things I, around. I'm or? not gonna sit. I'm not gonna sit and I'm going I'm not gonna waste away and I go <laughs> for a run. I go mm -hmm. exercise something. It doesn't matter how lazy I feel or how bad I feel, I can feel it in my bones that like this stagnation in my body is no longer good and I need to go work. Yeah. And there's so many instances in my life, even as I was like younger, that it's like my natural instinct. Like, I don't feel good. I'm going to go for a run. Mm -hmm. Like something to like bring my body like temperature. You, you're up, listening to what bring, that yeah. signal you're getting. And, yeah. and we know, you know, with science, like, okay, well, yeah, if, if you go, if you exercise or you sweat, you know, they say mm -hmm. you sweat, you kind of detoxify and stuff like that. Like, we'll say that, but we don't really know why. Mm -hmm. We don't really know why that helps. And so it's really interesting that, sure, you could take this concept of moving and running and, and being out in the sun and stuff to, yeah, kind of elevate this temperature maybe and, and get some stuff moving and detoxification stuff through sweat. And we could 
take a little string of yarn and attach that over to this like terrain theory and be like, okay, well, are we storing this gunk and junk up in our body, which we do. Yep. And I tell my patients that all the time, your muscles, whatever, aren't happy and you store up your gunk and junk in knots and, and you got to break it apart and flush it out and your body's got to get rid of that. It's not going to get better, It'll get worse. You yeah. actually start to like calcify and you just, your body does seal off this area that's just full of garbage. Mm-hmm. And what does that turn into, right? Like that doesn't, that doesn't seem yeah. good. So <laughs> it is interesting. Like there's so many instances where we have these examples where things like this happen in our life like yeah you get little little cysts that you don't know or i don't know like skin tags we don't know why skin tags keep popping up you know okay sure if it's an area of irritation but you get rid of them why do they come back and same with like you know just different moles or whatever Mm -hmm. even a cyst you can drain a cyst take out the sack and it comes back well why you know so, because the uh, the real reason it was put there is still is still happening. active, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so it is it is interesting to kind of take these concepts that it, even same thing anecdotal, but like in my own life where I can say, man, wow, I feel horrible. Rest didn't do it for this day or two. I need to go move. Mm-hmm. And so same thing when you said you induced a fever. I was like, man, this guy's crazy. But like you know, what? I've probably maybe not actively definitely not consciously or maybe not even to the extent of induced a fever but i've definitely been like man my body needs to my body needs to heat up yeah it needs to go it needs to move it needs to it needs use to that working. intuition yeah you know and sometimes that's that's a key is maybe those two days of rest actually help because now you slow down yeah you let your brain kind of get out of you know, focusing on whatever your daily tasks are. And, you know, maybe that was allowed, gave you time to be a little introspective and be like, and just be like, all right, what is my body telling me? Let me listen to it. And for you, it's a run. Yeah. You know, for me, it was taking more of a cold shower to induce the fever. Um, You know, and then because that's where I, you know, I get a lot of my information from looking back at the, the forefathers of all this stuff, Hippocrates, Paracelsus, you know, Sebastian Nape, um, a lot of those people that that understood these things yeah. and they, they tested it out, you know, not through not through the way we do it with randomized control t- trials. You know, that didn't really exist, but <laughs> but they they looked at nature and they just kind of tested these things out. They had an idea of how the body worked a little different than how we view it. But now yeah. it's like, OK, well, they were doing these things back then. How do how does that fit into now? How can I utilize those things now? A lot of naturopathic doctors still use some of those things. Um, and I think, you know, some of those things that have fallen to the waste um, maybe need to be brought back, yeah. you know, and, and kind of revitalize and maybe utilize a different way, which we probably do, you know, even with like the red light, photobiomodulation stuff, you know, it's like we're kind of taking just nature and putting it into a device now. Yeah, you know? is, yeah, we're, we're typical of us. Typical, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. helps, you know, especially with our daily lives, you know. It's like, oh, yeah. hey, I could either watch the sunset or I could sit behind the, <laughs> the red light for five minutes. Dude, I yeah. know. It. I started going to the gym, and it just cracks me up because I go to the gym, sure, to, like, move a little bit, like, heavier weight. Like, things that I don't have access to at home. I like to work on function and mobility. Mm. I just told you, I'm going with my brother and he just wants to lift heavy weights, which is great. But it's like, man, like, like I don't that. really want to do this yet. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't walk, you know, I want to work on function and stuff like that. But I, I do it. It's exercise. Sure. Yeah. But what gets me 
is the American culture where we're like, we are so busy, we're so tired, we're so burnt out, I don't have any time to work on anything here around the house, blah, 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 but I'm going to cut out time to go to the gym for my health. And it's like, why don't you just like paint your house (laughs) or like landscape your yard? I mean, like we have plenty of stuff to do in our life that could make us feel so much more productive and get stuff done. But instead, instead it's like, no, I have to put that to the side. Mm -hmm. I have to make time to go to the gym for my health. And it's like, Whatever happened to your health being a part of your life? Well, you have like, to mimic. Why what do we, we have used to mimic? To yeah. <laughs> yeah, it cracks me up. It's yeah. like, man, I could go pull weeds and make my yard look fantastic, but instead, yeah, but instead, I'm gonna go do like bent over out. rows in the gym <laughs> and then be like, man, my yard looks horrible. Yeah. I'm so stressed out or something, yeah. you know? So. Well, you're not gonna get the biceps from pulling weeds. <laughs> yeah, then I, I need to start getting some real deep rooted <laughs> yeah. stuff, you know. Yes. But hey, I tell you what, there's plenty of that out there. But it's the just, it is funny how we take the natural things that we have and we try to put them into man-made things and be like, this is good. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what about the sunset? That's pretty good too, right? Like, yeah. Oh, what yeah. About- <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, we could throw these things into our life and it would be just as beneficial, if not better, but instead we need to package it up into something that we deem is like good yep. or whatever and, yeah. and go from there. It's like, so. I, think, I think the sun is probably the... The one that I try to get people to do a lot, because diet is just tough. That's a tough one to get people to, to really move the needle on. Yeah. Like So I, I try to start people with, you know, the sun. You know, get up, get out, watch the sunrise, you know, maybe get like 10, 15 minutes of midday sun on, you know, on, you know enough skin exposed to that. And then, yeah, maybe, maybe even catch the sunset. That'd be incredible too. Yeah. Now you've changed your circadian rhythm. You know, if you've done that several days in a row, you're sleeping better. Now, when you're sleeping better, you're probably going to eat better because yeah. you don't have the same craving. And, and it's almost like it just helps that cascade happen a lot easier. And yeah. it's not as daunting. You know, it's like, hey, can you just get up and get outside? You know, doesn't even have to be sunrise, but like, don't look at your phone right away. Like, just yeah. get outside, get your feet in contact with the earth. Feel that wet grass, you know, the nice dew sitting on top of that grass, energizing your body, getting those electrons flowing and, you know, kind of put like get your eyes towards the sun. And man, you know, you talk about like just being energized, you know, your fatigue just like goes yeah. away, you know, yeah. like you're, you're awake and, and then you can, you know, go inside if you want to have your coffee and and breakfast and that kind of stuff so you know that's kind of how i do it and i try to get people to kind of you know start to do that a little bit at a time yeah but it's it's interesting again though how like our our science now is like a revolving door like we left something we left all this you know homeopathic naturopathic stuff to create all of this crazy medicine and pharmaceutical everything and blah blah blah. and like yeah it's it's saved a lot of lives there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that like you said the pendulum but we did all this and that, and then now we see there's still so many unanswered questions that now the door is revolving back to like, well, what about cold plunges? And what about red light therapy? Stress And the what body. about all these things, right? Like, so like we don't know enough, like we, we kind of took this and, and we still are trying to figure it out. I mean, there's still obviously incredible scientists out there trying to figure these things out every single day. It's their life goal, their life work to be published something that like to us, we don't even know exists which is crazy to think Mm -hmm. about, right? But then, like, 
we're not figuring it out. We don't understand. We don't get why when you get a virus, all of a sudden your nervous system can just shut down from something like a flu. Like we, we don't get it. And so then it's like, okay, well, let's revolve back now to all these things that we left because mm-hmm. it was crazy to try and see if we can figure it out. And that's where we get into like, correct. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we see all these studies now about saunas and, you know, sitting in heat and how that's great for you and, and your body and every, and all, you know, stuff moving and, and, uh, exercise and um heat shock yeah heat shock yep yep and uh just immune system and blah 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 same thing with the cold plunges now you know everybody's back into oh it's so great for your immune system if you take a cold shower then a hot shower then a cold shower then a hot shower and end on cold i mean it's great for you know it's great for your immune system and blah blah blah. so we go back to these things that are so basic and so accessible and so easy and we're like oh yeah well this this can have a great effect on your immune system it's like, all right. It's just mimicking nature, like you said. Yeah, you but know. then we say, okay, well, a cold shower isn't going to cure me of cancer, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody is going to agree with that, obviously, yep. right? Okay, a cold shower isn't going to cure me of cancer. Sure, nobody, nobody's disagreeing with that. But then this whole terrain theory model isn't just, well, one cold shower is going to cure you of whatever debilitating disease or is going to keep you from getting it. But it's the concept of if we can build ourselves up through the hundreds of these different, you know, yeah, if we get some some red light exposure, if we get our sleep patterns in order, if we're getting our nutrients and like all these little puzzle pieces, I always bring in puzzle pieces mm-hmm. because someone wants to take one puzzle piece that is, yeah, a sauna, <laughs> a little puzzle piece. I mean, that's the smallest piece that I could bring up is a sauna. I mean, I, I, they're great, sure, but whatever. Um, but you take that little puzzle piece, <laughs> someone, some sauna out, maker out there is going to be hurt. But you take some little puzzle piece and you'd be like, oh, well, this is what you think. Like, and you're like, no, dude, there's a whole, a whole box top out there to fill that in. And you want to take this one piece and say that your whole mindset is trash, it's garbage. And yep. it's like, man, if you start bunching those little things together and you get a bigger picture and a bigger picture of your own personal health and you've weighed in on this many, you know, pieces in your life, you start to create something powerful. For sure. And your body can overcome some crazy stuff. Yeah. And uh, that that is just kind of the reassurance, I guess, for the people listening to, for the people like me that listen to you and you're like, man, this guy is... This guy has control over what he's doing. Like he he has a vision and a, a goal to work towards and he knows what he's doing. But what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> like where what this guy's talking about he induced a fever. Like that's crazy. Everybody wants to get rid of their fever. Like obviously we understand the significance and, and all this and that. And so it makes sense, sure, okay, you're gonna induce a fever, but it sounds crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But there's so many more puzzle pieces. That you've put together before you've gotten to this for sure, point, for sure. That your body is now even ready for something like this, and so um, I think that's the important takeaway from this whole terrain theory talk: is that yeah, you don't just take the pendulum and swing it all the way to one side and just try to act like all this other stuff doesn't exist, but that you start to kind of that you're able to kind of sway back and forth and and realize and recognize and piece together these pieces to where now you've created your health in a picture that is is progressive and is moving towards something. Yeah. And and that is one puzzle piece at a time. I think everybody's at a different stage of their journey, you know, and like you said it's it's yeah, it's mine's been going on for quite some time and yes. and so yeah, I had to kind of follow us, you know, my kind of path 
Others are going to have a different path, and, and it could take longer, could take, you know, maybe some people, and, and they get it. They just get all these things, like, right off the bat, and that's and that's great. So everybody, yeah, just walking their, their different journeys and, and yeah. finding where these people are on their journey, I think, is a big thing for us so that, you know, you don't, you don't have them trying to do, like, the ketogenic diet or a carnivore diet when, you know— just something as simple as like making sure they're eating some vegetables, you know, and it's like, yeah. let's start somewhere and then, you know, and not put too much on their plate. But, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think, uh, kind of getting towards the end here. So I did want to just bring up a couple big points to kind of reiterate for, and kind of round everything out with yep. this. Um, the first one being understanding what, and where allopathic medicine came from. And so when I say allopathic medicine, that's kind of our modern medicine, you know, and when you go to the doctor, your primary care, your MDs, um, DOs, you know, they're, they're going to fall under the allopathic kind of uh, criteria. So where did that all come from? Well, that came from the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you think of that, you're like, oh, where do they excel? They excel in the in ER, the battlefield, you know, yeah. and it's like, it's like they're killing it. For, like, I, I, that's kind of the wrong turn. <laughs> yeah, you know, no they're <laughs> yeah, the opposite there. Um, so they're, I mean, you know, you get, you know, some kind of trauma, you're in a motor vehicle accident, you know, you right. fracture your arm, something, you go to them, they're, they're going to take care of you. That's what you do. Um, you know, and, and where they kind of miss the boat is more of these chronic stuff, which is what we see more often these days. And, but when you understand that that came from the battlefield, you know, the thing that you want to do when you're on the battlefield is just keep that person in the fight. It's not, you're not trying to make them optimal, you know, like, so the thing that I remember was, when we went through our like first aid was first thing you do is tourniquet. And if you do that in modern society, that's completely wrong, you know, yeah. cause you're, you're destroying that, that yeah, tissue, once that you throw in a extremity. It's game. Yeah. yeah. You're going to lose that. And, and so, <laughs> but like the thought process there is, Hey, I'm, I don't care about your leg. Like, right we got to keep you in the fight so that we stay, you know, battle effective here. And so that like, when you understand that, it's like, Oh, okay. Like the, you know, modern allopathic medicine is not really about your optimal health. Right. And, and that give I think that gives at least myself a better perspective. That is a really good perspective. Yeah. And, and yeah, but, you know, but like, Did if you got to go to the ER, you go to the ER. Did I just get hit by a cannonball? Yeah, I don't want you bleeding out, you know, yeah. like let's, let's get to be safe. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that's a big, big thing that helps people see like, okay, now you're dealing with a chronic illness that might not be the best way to go. You know, yeah. and so I think that's big. And then the other thing is there's this concept of pleomorphism when it comes to bacteria and microbes in general. And now how much this can happen and to what extent I think is still, you know, up for debate. But at least, you know, going back to Antoine Bouchamp, um, the guy that was kind of that professor that was kind of going against Louis Pasteur for a long time. You know, he found this out and and documented it. And and it's where these different bacteria can shift 
into mm. other forms. So these rod-like bacteria can shift into these spirals or these what are called cocci, these more spherical shapes. And so, and we would identify them as different species or even different genuses. Mm. But it it they're shifting back and forth in this pleomorphic kind of you know change. So it's it's I think if that is really what's happening that really throws you know the whole microbiome kind of concept and 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 it gives a lot of credence to the terrain theory because you know like we see with something like clostridia um it might not even be shifting but what it does is under an aerobic environment where there is oxygen it's going to help produce that butyrate for the colon cells and so then the the colonic cells there lining the epithelium in the intestinal tract will get their nutrition through that butyrate. But if you remove the oxygen and now it's an anaerobic environment, now we see that clostridia start to produce these toxins. And now we can have things like C. diff, hmm. clostridial dis- difficile. And that's, you know, obviously if anybody's been through that, that's a, that's a tough, you know, yeah. scenario. And so, and so just understanding that, like now we've we've changed the environment, we've changed the terrain to where there was oxygen, now there's no oxygen for whatever reason. You know, maybe the oxygen just can't get to the clostridia now. And so now it's shifting, it's trying to survive or however you want to look at it. And now it's going to be, okay, I need to do this. And now those toxins come out and that's what affects us. And so it's, it's, I think those, that's another concept to kind of understand. Um, yeah, like, I don't know how much this happens, but it right, has right. been, it has been documented. It's in, you know, the scientific um, annals, you know, and yeah. so it's there, it's a concept. And so I think, you know, something to kind of investigate for people is because I think if you start to understand all these little components, all these different factors, you'll be like, oh, like, I don't I don't know if I buy into all this stuff yeah. I hear on the mainstream media, um, you know, which is just pushing fear, fear, fear. It's like there's there's a lot more to biology and life than we really know. Yeah. And it's just it's just for me, it just raises more questions, really. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, you're pretty much bringing, like, politics and money into health. It's all and playing together. Yeah, that's that's hard. I mean, fear is what keeps you locked in. So if they can keep you scared, then, you know, you're going you're gonna to tune in all day, every day to <laughs> yeah. see what's the next update. So yeah. that's fair. Get that, get that dopamine, I guess, yeah. too. <laughs> it's still, you know, it still leaves questions. I think that's the important thing to note is that it's not a clear-cut, dry um, answer. You know, it does leave questions. Uh, but questions are important, yeah. you know, qu- questions that, that make you think <laughs> and that's, think outside of the box. That's too. the and, thing. Yeah. That's what, that do this one thing today is just think for yourself. Mm. You know, we're yeah. not telling you how to think or what to think. It's just, Hey, here's what we know. Yeah. You know, these are what we're going off, <laughs> the information we're going off of. Right. And 
you know, I would still trust but verify. Yeah, here's and, what we know, and here's what nobody, <laughs> nobody does knows. know. Yeah, and, uh, and, they, and if they say they know it, then uh, I'd probably go the other way. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, let's let's try and think about this a little differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. Hey, yeah. I mean, you you know all you know all too well as well. People with these chronic issues can go all over the world to different hospitals and centers and this and that, and just get turned away because it's all in their head or something. And mm-hmm. it's something they've dealt with for years and years and years and years and years, but there's no answer. And so it's not a battlefield, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they didn't break their arm. They're not having a heart attack. They're not, you know, fighting to stay alive, but they're not within good functional values. And that's not what our modern medicine is for. Our yeah. modern medicine is to keep you alive. Yeah. I think everybody can, can get, get behind, behind that. that. Yeah. Sure. And so it's like, okay, well, I'm not dying right now, you know, immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where do I go now to try and help myself function more optimally? Yeah. And I think that's kind of... And first, first, first be your own doctor, you know. Yeah. And so right now, most people don't have the the baseline understanding to do that. And that's kind of where I try to educate people first so that they don't have to run to me or anybody else at the first drop, you know, when first yeah. they first start getting sick or something comes up, it's like, start to figure it out. Start to get introspective like you did. You know, what is your body saying to you? Like, mm-hmm. what are the signals? Should you work with it? Is it getting, do you start to feel a little nervous? Okay, now maybe check in. Yeah. Okay, like, oh yeah, like, good thing you came and now we can work yeah. through this and you know, and, and sometimes it is just that, fe- you know, if it goes back to the fear, like if the fear is not there, then, you know, a lot of times it's like, you're, you're going to be all right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. No, that's, it's crazy too. And if, if you don't have that, that's just someone, you just got to hang around somebody yeah. that does. Cause mm-hmm. I know people that just do not have that. Yeah. And I don't want to say that they never could, you know, that certain people, maybe certain people have it more than others naturally. Sure. Yeah. But, um, some people just don't have it. And so, you know, you start to hang out with yeah. some, with some, uh, what would be oddballs to them. <laughs> and then eventually you start to kind of figure things out and they start to think yeah. a little differently and, and you can develop it a little yeah. bit more with the people you surround yourself with. Yeah, and of it's course. Like, so. uh, there's that quote by somebody, I don't know who said it, but it's like, uh, you know, tell me who you hang out with. Or who you spend your most time with, and I'll tell you who you are. Or yeah, like that, yeah. You know, no, absolutely. That's that's very valid. So I guess you know if if you're one of those people and you listen to this, you're like, man, that's crazy. Like you know, I I could never, I could never. <laughs> I'm sick. I'm, I'm at the doctor the next yeah. day. Well, you know. Yeah, and I I like you said like or maybe I said it, but it's like I think a lot of people just don't have that either confidence or the information to. Right. the foundational stuff so, once you have that then it's like okay <laughs> how you know because like what did what did grandmoms and and you know people do for a long time moms you know they they knew like rest chicken, <laughs> well, chicken soup you know chicken <laughs> soup which was made with the bones so mm-hmm. it was really a bone broth and you know all the nourishing things you got your minerals you got your collagen you know you got all these things that the immune system needed and so then you you rest it you got quality sleep you were you were hugged you know you were comforted and all these kind of things i think really just helped you get through that sickness yeah and 
And yeah, so then there's obviously, you know, if you're dealing with a chronic health issue, like I deal with a lot more, um, you know, treatment wise. And, and obviously that takes a different kind of aspect and all this stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think, <laughs> well, yeah, but we got to wrap it up. So yeah, I yeah. guess our last, <laughs> my last statement would be, you know, if you really have no idea where to go or, or you are that person that has no idea and this all sounds crazy, well, maybe we can be those weird friends that you yeah. hang out with <laughs> yeah. once a week and we can give you a little bit of that foundational yep, stuff to yep. where maybe you can be more confident with your health and what to do and when to do and how to do it um, and all this and that. And you can start to take your health into your own hands. Mm-hmm. And so we can be those weirdos for you gladly. And if you have any questions, reach out to us. Well Because we love to answer them. Very well put, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so kind of going to that, I guess I will make a little uh, declaration here is that, you know, for Oasis of Help, we are going to be doing some fundraising shortly so that we can – you know, start to build the the whole atmosphere and decorations and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and just make it a really homey environment for people to come and heal. You know, we got the sauna, like you you were bringing yeah. up. We got the cold the plunge, cold plunge. the that. red Both. light. And red we're light. Bringing wow. in the PEMF soon. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we got chiropractic, acupuncture, pretty much everything, you know, meal prep, cold press juices. So, you know, we really want this to kind of jump off a little bit quicker. So we're going to be doing some fundraising, some more, more on that topic hopefully soon. We'll be doing different tiers. And then everybody that does donate will get some cool merchandise and some freebies and, yeah, some awesome yeah. stuff. So, awesome. yeah. You got we'll, any dates for that? Any no, no, we're still going. Approximate dates? Yeah, to, to get the everything up and running full scale sometime in December, or December, September, September, September 2023. Okay. And, yeah, hopefully have everything up and running by then. So that's why we're going to try to fundraise right now, just yeah. get some get some everything yeah, up keep it on our radar yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, so i'll notify of that but any any things that you got in the- no man <laughs> yeah life is life is just awesome right now <laughs> nice. i mean life is chaotically busy and it's beautiful so i'm i'm here for it nice but, uh, no i think All that's right. i think cool. that's good so uh cool. so i'm out. i'm dr daniel nikens i'm dr damon and we look forward to harmonizing your health take care take care Find out more about Harmonized Health by visiting SeedAndSoilWellness.com. If you have a topic you'd like covered, email us at drdamon at SeedAndSoilWellness.com. Follow and subscribe on your favorite podcast service to be notified when new podcasts are available. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use it as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own practitioner for any medical issues you may be having.